Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Today, we're going to talk a lot about SAFE and some things related to SAFE if you're moving away from it. Uh, my guest is Yusuf Hakim, who works at Leading Agile as a coach. He's got experience with this stuff much more than I do. And I got stuck on a question from a student. Um, so we're going we're gonna to talk through that and some of the different implications of it. So Yusuf, would you mind introducing yourself to these kind people and telling them a little bit about your background? Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Yusuf Hakim. I work at Leading Agile as a coach, a consultant. I've done Agile for eight to 10 years, started off as a developer, Scrum Master, Agile coach, and now we're doing, a, I do transformation coaching for big companies. Okay. So you're, you're on site with our clients, helping them work through Agile transformation. You also have a background that includes SAFE, which is one of my weak spots, and you're a developer, which I am not. So I'm hoping between the two of us, we can help this person out. I mean, on-site probably is debatable uh, for the last couple of years, as you guys all probably know, right? But yes. Virtually on-site, yes. Yes, virtually on-site. Thanks, Dave, for <laughs> correcting that. All right. So here's the question. Here's the, here's the way it was posed. Um, and I'm going to try to summarize it. So um, for all the students of the online classes, I hold a lean coffee once a month. And that's to continue the conversations we have in class or follow up on questions and things like that. And there was a question that was raised in the one last month from somebody who works in an organization that is moving away from SAFE. So they adopted a lot of the SAFE practices. They did say they didn't fully implement it or they didn't implement it by the book. Um, one of the things they were using was PI planning and they were using it to try to solve some specific things. Like they wanted commitments that couldn't easily be changed once they were in flight. Um, so they needed more stability there. They needed to be able to identify dependencies sooner and it helped them with that. Um, it helped other parts of the organization understand what was going on with them and with their road mapping. And it allowed them to form a strategic vision. But the problem as she explained it was, it took a month to prep for the PI planning. Um, she says to refine all the epics with the teams. Um, and so this was just this, this big time suck in between. And they wanted to move to something that was a little more, I don't know, maybe agile is the right word, <laughs> something that didn't have this big delay. Um, and so th they started moving towards something. She was referring to it as just in time, which basically is like you're making this, the decisions at the last possible responsible moment, which I, to me always seems like that's just built into Agile anyway. Um, but I want to just pause for a second to see, Yusuf, if you want to make any comments on how, if you're working in SAFE, how that's going to aid or hamper your ability to have things happen just when they need to happen instead of in advance of, you know, a big bunch of effort. So I want to, I'm going to try to break that down into a few points that I heard that are pretty relevant. Okay. Uh, the first thing you did, you did say about is that they're not using all of safe and they're using PI planning right. to get some of the benefits of safe. Right. Um, that's one point. Another one that they were talking about is it takes them a month to get ready for PI planning. Which yeah, I'm that assuming, seemed weird to me. Yeah, I, which, which I'm assuming is at least one month to maybe even three months, usually, you know, four sprints or something like that, or at least at least at that. Uh, those are the two points, right? And then the third one is this just-in-time development. Right. Is that what they call it, just-in-time? Yeah. Just-in-time, okay. So, so let's, let's 
touch up one by one on those three okay. points. Okay. Yep. So the first one, uh, you know, using PI planning. Well, they, you know, they acknowledged that they were not using all of safe because safe by itself as a methodology, it's not, it's not. There's a lot of it gets a lot of bad bad press for some reason. Uh, everybody either loves it or they absolutely despise it. And there's nobody in the middle. It's probably except for me, I guess. I'm in the middle. Well, okay, good. Good. There's two of us. I'm glad that I like it from a theory perspective, but I feel like people don't do it right and it it doesn't work and then they complain about it. That brings up a really related point, right? All methodologies, all of these agile frameworks, less safe, bad DAD, whatever you want to call them, right? They have, they serve a purpose for a specific set of situations, set of circumstances. Yeah, they solve right? a specific problem. Yeah, they solve these specific problems if you have those problems. If you don't have those problems, they're not going to help you solve the problem. Right. Right. Like Scrum works great great for if you have a small company with a two or three teams and you can be pretty nimble. Safe is great for if you have those set of problems with a larger company and you need to do a lot of orchestration because it has multiple levels of orchestration, right? Right. I'm not going to go through the rest of them, but basically that. So if you don't have those problems and you're trying to use that to solve it, it's not going to work out very well for you. Yeah. So I think this is kind of a small company because one of the things she mentions is one of the things they, they perceive as being a significant problem here is they don't have a system architect. They have a bunch of engineers who know pieces of the system, but nobody knows the whole system. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that, that is why, you know, you have to take these, you have to do what works best for you. And that is why we, we that's at least what we coaches should be able to do, right? Not saying, I'm sure there are people who can't do that, some people who don't do that. But that is what our job is, to make sure we take all of this knowledge we have of different methodologies. We, don't just, we shouldn't just try to implement a methodology because that's what the methodology says. Yeah. Look at the problems and figure out where we can use what to best solve it, right? For example, you know, whenever I'm doing, you know, the, we got these outcomes in Basecamp 1 and 2 and stuff, you know, that the work I, that I do, right? Right. It's not tied to a particular methodology. We use Scrum, we use Kanban, we use PI planning to help accomplish those outcomes. Yeah. Right? So, so that, that, that's where it comes from. That's why it's important to use. So that's why I'm, I'm, when I hear, oh, we're not using all of safe, that's fine. You don't have to use all of safe. Yeah. Right? You have to use what's necessary for you to do your things. Now, yeah. if that's not working, you know, then you need to use something to try something, something else. Different. Okay. I, want to mention, I want to mention one thing for, for folks who are listening, if you aren't familiar with it, um, when you mentioned base camps, so that is part of the leading agile approach. That's one of the ways that we approach agile transformation. There's different steps you go through along the way. And there's certain things we try to achieve at each step, but the way that you achieve them is the thing that would be flexible. Correct. As long as you get those, there's a set of outcomes, right? Yeah. As long as you meet the set of outcomes, we don't care if you have to, you know, fly a rocket ship to get there. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. So the second point was how to, how much time to spend in PI planning. You know, it, t- it takes them a month to get ready for PI planning. Yeah. Well, you know, that sounds like a lot of time, right? Now, here's the thing. If you're doing a scrum, let's say, right? Yeah. How much time are you spending planning, backlog refining? Well, ten percent. I would expect ten percent of the team's time in in a given sprint. So it could be up to the you know one day for the entire team. So so if it's a two week sprint, so ten percent of their working time. 
Okay, so so that's for the entire team's time, right? But yeah. how much of the product owner's time does it also take? Oh, the product owner works on that every single day. Yeah, ex- exactly. All day. That's basically the job is to get stories ready and yeah, get the, get it through. Right. That's that's every, every day, all day, with the exception of some other ceremonies at the attend. Right. Yeah. So so if you if you look at it right, and let's assume in this case they may may have a longer PI, maybe th- a quarter is a PI. You because sometimes they do that, right? And you're taking a whole month to get ready for it. Yeah, it might be a month sounds like a lot, but two weeks, three weeks to get ready for three months is probably okay. Because well, they're, the they're spending a month to get ready for a three-month time of work. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's backlog refinement takes a lot of time. You have to, if you, if you don't spend time planning, right? Yeah, you're gonna have horrible. You're gonna replan and this, not do anything. Doesn't it start to slide back into? Uh, there's two questions I want to ask. One, it seems to me that it's a little bit waterfally. If if 25 percent of the time you have available in a four month period is spent getting ready to do the work, I mean, I I under, I agree with what you're saying, but it also sounds very waterfall to me. So so that's the thing, right? I'm not really worried about waterfall, okay. or agile, or anything like that. It's about you need to plan the work outcomes. to get it done, to get the outcomes, right? So the, so what I like to tell people <laughs> when we are doing Basecamp 1, right, yeah. is you can do Basecamp 1 with Waterfall. It doesn't have to be agile. You can do it with Waterfall. It's just you can't do more than that with Waterfall. So that's okay. why we use agile to do it, right? Okay. Uh, it, it just takes long. It just takes time to get there. Yeah. Well, and it, take, yeah, it takes time to change habits and practices and yeah. culture and mindset. Um, yeah. And... I mean, it sounds to me also like maybe they've got a lot of dependencies across the organization, and maybe if they were able to decouple things in their structure a little bit more, it would be easier to do that planning. Correct. Um, the, 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 so one month is probably too long. Like, like that I'm agreeing for sure. Two weeks for three months is probably not. Okay. That's, that's, that should be normal, especially for PI planning. Because here's the thing. You're getting stories ready on that first week, you're yeah. already starting to get stuff, features and stuff ready for the three months, right? Yeah. During those three months, because you're taking that whole PI, the last PI, you're preparing for the next PI, right? During those three months, some back and forth is going to happen. Some things are going to change. Some things are going to fall out, right? And some things are going to need to be replanned, right? One of the ways to reduce the amount of percentage of planning time is to reduce the cadences of what you're planning for. Yeah. If, if you were going to plan for three months, you're probably going to use you know, a month to plan for three months. Versus if you plan uh, two sets of six weeks, which is the same thing as, as three months, you'll probably end up right, right away uh, you know, reducing that planning time by half just well, because it's more efficient to plan for smaller things. And this, this is where I'm going back to the problems that they say they're trying to solve. They want to be able to have stability in what they plan. They want to be able to get feedback quicker, identify dependencies sooner. And I'm thinking like, then why are you going three months? Why don't you just go like two weeks or a month? And then also they're a startup. And if they're, I mean, to me, safe is something you use in a very large organization or should use, but if they're not big enough, like they don't have a system architect, which leads me to believe that it's not that massive of an organization 
And it sounds a little bit like one of those cases where maybe the company struggled with Scrum, so they tried to switch to Safe, which sounds like the infant's having trouble crawling, get it a motorcycle. Yes, it sounds like it. It'll be interesting to find out what the teams, how many teams are and the sizes are, because if you only have four teams or three teams, you don't need to scale it. Yeah. Right. If you have 400 teams, you need to scale it. But if you have 400 teams, by then you have an architect. Yeah, exactly. You have an architect. If you don't, okay. That's possible they don't, because I know some companies out there that have a big amount of people and teams, but they don't have people who can serve in certain roles. Okay. It's out there. So so I wouldn't surprise me at all. So if, if a client came to you and said, look, we need to be able to get to a point where we're not constantly jamming work into the team's flight path. Like we want to have them work in a cycle where we can say, you're going to do this for the next four weeks or more, um, coordinate it with other teams, and then be able to stop and inspect and adapt and change. And let's just assume that it's less than a hundred people in the company. Okay. If that's the case, is would safe be the recommended solution? So, so here's the thing, right? Like I said earlier, it's a methodology to solve a problem that you have if you have that exact problem. Right. You can use always use elements of safe to help you solve it. You can use that scaling to help you solve it, right? But do you need to use the exact methodology verbatim? No. Right. There's really I haven't seen a situation, you know, in years of years of experience where following safe or scrum verbatim exactly the way it is in the guides is going to solve a problem for majority of the companies. Well, even Dean, I mean, when I've interviewed Dean about it, because I have run across a lot of people who are super dogmatic about the way this stuff works. And Dean, the way he's explained it to me is the stuff that he's put into that model. He's just trying to provide an answer to a question people are asking. And if his answer doesn't work, you're supposed to change it. But I think people lose sight of that part where they can inspect and adapt. I feel feel like there's people that just bail on half the process before they try it. And then the other half, they try it and feel like they can only do it that way. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure Jeff would say the same thing about Scrum, right? Yeah, I think mean, he's said though, like it's it's a it's, it's it's there to solve a problem. Yeah, people just don't use it to solve that problem. They just use it for that exact thing for everything. Yeah. Uh, one one of the things to that going back to the original question, right? About uh, they're having trouble staying sticking to the work and doing that and completing it, right? Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna plan out a huge cadence and try to stick to it, that leaves little room to you know be nimble and quote unquote agile. Some room for inspecting and adapting a lot. So the that. whole idea with the PI planning is, yeah, you plan it out so that you can target dependencies, right? That's what kills you, right? Dependencies kills you, or they always kill you. Yeah. Every company. That is why we are looking at doing these large planning increments because we want to figure out how far in advance there's a dependency that's going to kill us so that we can be <laughs> ready for it, right? Yeah. Because of that is why we plan. doesn't mean that we plan three months out and we need to stick to those exact same things for three months. Like, what if your customer no longer needs a rocket, they just need a spaceship? Yeah. Well, I, right? I hear what you're saying. And there's another part of me that's thinking like, you know, that month you're spending planning, why not spend that month removing those dependencies? Like decoupling yeah. stuff because because you could probably but if you're in a situation where there is no system architect and each engineer is in charge of a specific system, I would imagine that each one of them is locally optimized. 
And that to me would be a really good reason for doing PI planning because that's when they get together and look at it as a whole. Sure, exactly. It doesn't mean PI planning is written in stone and that every yes. single thing in that PI needs to get done exactly when it says it gets done. No, the idea is that the first sprint, you know, it's it, there's definitely close to being rock solid. Right. Right. Written close, written in clay, if, if you will, close mm-hmm. to stone, right? The next one still should be pretty solid. But then the third one, the fourth one, probably not as solid. Yeah. And then if you get all the way down to three months is what? Uh, to 12, 12 sprints? Six, and at this six, point, it's just basic sprints, scrum you're talking about. I mean, that's just well, what you would normally do, planning a release and changing it as you go. Well, well so you plan the whole PI, but then every sprint planning, because you still have all the scrum ceremonies, right? Right. Every sprint planning, you go, okay, is this still what we want to do? For the first and second one, it should damn well better be, yeah. right? Maybe switch out a story or so, but that's it. The okay. next one, it's like, okay, do we still need to do this stuff? No, we actually have this other stuff that is more important. Great, let's swap it up. It's not a problem. But you don't okay. swap it. You, you don't just stick to three months, which is 12 sprints, man, yeah, yeah. of stuff. Okay. And be rock solid on that. That 12 sprint is, is probably like, you know, very, very limbo. Probably have the feature there or even, and that's it, right? You don't even have the story. Yeah. I, I, like, I, think, I think what they might be trying to do, right, is planning out every single story all the way for the whole PI, all the way till the end. Well, probably, Which, yeah, they want that, that understanding of what's going to happen. But I think you can do that. You are giving up some of your ability to inspect and adapt, to learn and, and shift along the way. Two things, right? You can write those stories and put the effort into it and then scrap them if you don't need them. That's fine, but you just wasted all that time refining stories. Right. Or you could just refine them up to the you know, six-week mark, so three-sprint mark, and then when, you get, when you're finished with the first sprint of the PI, you can look to make sure you have the, red, the next one, right? So that's what, three to four sprints is, is what you probably want ready stories. You don't want more than that, but you also don't want less than that. Okay. Features can be, you could have features ready. Well, like what we, what we do in our outcomes uh, at, at like Basecamp 1, for example, is we want three uh, months of features ready. We want somewhere in between two to four sprints ready okay. of stories, right? Yeah. So you can have the features ready for the whole PM. Just... You know, you don't have to have every single one of them have stories. So when I say features ready, it doesn't mean they have to have every single stories in there. It's yeah, just yeah. we have a good idea of what the features are. Okay. So I want to I want to shift the conversation a little bit to, to what it, the, the questions that that were sent to me. I'll just kind of run through some of these really quick. What are the indicators that an org is ready to move to just in time or not ready to move to just in time? Um, what questions should we consider when evaluating whether to move to just in time? What scaffolding processes are recommended to transition from waterfall-based planning? This says waterfall-based planning frameworks like SAFE to just in time. So one, I think that maybe the way, I get the vibe that the way SAFE has been implemented, it's 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 kind of lost its mission, right? It's, it's not, they're not using it for what it was intended. They're using it for something else because it seems like waterfall. But all this talk about just in time is leaving me with the feeling that this is an organization that wants to be able to decide what it's going to have for dinner tonight 
and decide that this afternoon instead of deciding all the meals on Sunday. So how can they get a model in place, absent of an architect, where all these different engineers can manage their local systems and have this stay in sync and still be able to change what everybody's planning on doing at the beginning of each, let's say, four-week period? That, those, those are like oxymorons, man. <laughs> hey, that's like, like, all we do here. We just have all of that. Hope all day long. You cannot have all of that and okay. be able to, like, you know, be an Amazon or a Google and, you know, release every five minutes. So, okay. So, what do you, if you, if you want to be able to shift gears at the beginning of each month to pivot from what you've learned, um, what do you have to have in place for that? Uh, so, let, let's take, let's take it step by step right because yep. let, let's say first you're wanting to pivot every quarter right you need to be able to plan every quarter have those things and you have to demonstrate that you can do them every quarter what you plan mm -hmm. then you can move on to okay let's let's decrease that increment to a month right then okay. you gotta do the same thing for a month then a sprint then and then a week then a day then minutes right yeah uh, generally you're not going to find a lot of places where you need to do it Per minute, you're like like your customers gonna dictate how often you need to do this stuff, right? You don't need to be faster than when you when you need your customer needs needs the stuff. It okay. makes very little sense to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, think think about a credit union. How how often do they really need to change their systems? Their financial things don't really change very often. They're pretty consistent, right? So you don't need to be releasing every every day. On the financial side, but maybe on the security side, they do. Sure. Security side, they do. Yeah. So how can you then build a system where you can change one without taking the other one down? Right. There, I mean, that, so, that would so, be the question, wouldn't it? There is a way, right? It just takes a lot of effort, time, and investment to do it. Right. Okay. Like, like, like when we talk about the, this base camp bottle, right? That's the first the idea is at first can you release like actually release to the customer every you know let's say a year base camp two can you do that every quarter okay. base camp three can you do that every sprint four daily yeah five and minutes minute minute. seconds yeah. okay right so, so but the journey is exponential right it might take you four months to do the first base camp. right it might take it, you another four months to do the second one then it goes like Two years, and it goes like five years and ten years. There's a lot of investment that you need to make to be able to do just in time. Yeah. That's the, so the, I guess that's what I, that's probably what we wanted to find just in time is being able to release right away. It, it almost I'm getting this vibe that um, I mean, as we're talking about it, that this idea of safe or just in time is being applied to try to cover for the fact that these are probably tightly coupled systems. And they don't know how to plan stuff out or how to find the dependencies unless they look at a whole bunch of stuff. And part of that's going to be because they don't have somebody who's got oversight over the entire structure and isn't focused on removing these dependencies. It, it, it's like um, if I want to eat a bunch of junk food and say that I'm going to work out for like five hours tomorrow to make up for the fact that I ate a bag of Doritos to just burn off all those calories, it's not really going to burn off all those calories, but I might injure myself along the way. <laughs> correct, like, correct. like the problem, it, I don't know. This is I don't where, know what kind of Doritos you're eating, man. Well, 
Well, so I, I'm going to check in with you on this since you're you have a development background, and I'm just totally armchair quarterbacking this. It sounds like if this is an organization that has a lot of dependencies and there is nobody with oversight over discovering and removing those dependencies, then no matter what approach they take, they're still going to be like running with skis on. You can only go as fast as your dependencies. Okay. Period. Like, there's, yeah. I have not seen an exception to that rule. The less time your dependencies take, just yeah. resolve, is how fast you yeah. will be able to go. Okay. If you have no dependencies by anyone except your, it's all contained to a team, you can go pretty fast. Yeah. If you need to depend on 35 other things to work right, exactly right to be able to do something, you're not going to go very fast, right? Yeah. So, okay. I want to try to tie it together with, with one more question and see what your thoughts on this are. In an organ, if you walk into a gig, and it's stuff is tightly coupled and you don't have an architect. How are you going to go about breaking those dependencies? Do you need like a, a, a board of all the engineers working together as a team to try to suss those out and break them apart? Or do they have to hire somebody to have oversight over all of it? Like what, what would be the, the solution that you would recommend? Mm, there's a lot of dependence. Okay. But, you know, too many variables oh, oh, in this. There's question. too many variables, right? Because okay. let, let's just forget about the architect for a second. Okay. Do they have the ability within the organizations to even do that? If they don't have that anywhere, right, with a combine with whoever they have, well, they probably need to get somebody to do that. Yeah. Right? And so that that to like to time. me that seems like the problem to solve. It's not about just in time or safe or nexus or less or data or whatever. It is. You've got to figure out how to get rid of these dependencies <laughs> so that you can all, of, all of this agile stuff and all of these things and all of these methodologies that have started from the beginning of time and yeah. are still evolving right now, they're all there for one thing, change management to solve stupid yeah. dependencies. Okay. Right? Everything goes around dependencies. You can't, you can't do anything without figuring out this yeah. is what kills you, dependencies. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel like we, we reached an okay place that I don't know if this is, I'm going to have to reach out to the person and find out. So I might come back with follow-up questions, but um, I feel like we're close to the same page. Tell me if I'm wrong, that it's not a, it's not a methodology or a process issue. It's a structural thing within the organization that has to be solved. Yeah. So the, the thing with, with where everybody tries to do agile and whatever they do, DevOps, DevSecOps, I've heard all kinds of terms, right? And they're trying to change practices or people's thinking. Yeah. It's not, it, it, people are going to do what the, this organization is designed to do. Right? Yeah. Is you have to go at it at the structure first to change the systems, change the structure first so that the practices can be implemented so that people can start thinking differently and then the culture changes. Right? Yeah. It's not culture first, practices first. It's always going to be structure first. Yeah. Cool. And it also, the person mentioned that this is a startup. And I, the thing that I feel like I want to comment on there is, I mean, you've got different concerns in a startup, keeping the business afloat, getting the thing off the ground. That's the biggest thing. But if it is a startup, you still have the opportunity to change a lot of the structure. So maybe making those changes now could save you down the road. Oh yeah. Um, 
yeah, save you a lot of hassle later on. Cool. Um, dude, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate that. My pleasure, Dave. Anytime. So what if people want to get in touch with you with follow-up questions? Dig into this a little more. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn. I'm always available. Send me a message and I will connect with you and we'll have a discussion. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate you lending me your brain because I am admittedly light on the safe side of things. And um, I hope this was helpful. If you are listening to this, if you've got a work situation you need to sort of get some different heads to think about um, or explore different ideas, please send it to me. We try to do questions from listeners whenever we can. Um, and we'll get it set up for a future podcast. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.